You gotta do the song because I tried three different things and I was not happy with any of them. Even for like valiant tries, they weren't even good. Okay. I'm like, mm. uh, we're talking about future Rama. We're talking about future Rama. The show might be good. That's it. That's all I got. <laughs> you know what? That's way better than what I had. Bravo. Thank you, sir. <laughs> wait, wait. What was that? That was a, a whoop, 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 whoop. That's what she said. Woo! Oh, I'm so excited about this one. We just had a Zoidberg and a Bender. Mm-hmm. And a Why Walking on that? Sunshine. Yeah, we are <laughs> Walking on Sunshine. Whoa. What are we talking about today? Well, we are going to be talking about a great show called Futurama. And uh, we're going to be talking about it on this show, which is called Everyman's Guide to Nerddom. Dom, 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 dom. Welcome to the future. That's a different way of doing it. But welcome to Every Man's Guide to Nerddom, where we are two 30 to 40-something-year-olds who talk about pretty much whatever we want. I'm Chris. And I'm Kyle. And if you guys would ever want to uh, interact with us um, on the internet and the rest of the community, please join the Discord. These, uh, this is the Every Man's Guide to Nerdum Discord in the link below. Lots of cool conversations happening about TV shows and movies and anime and comics and Funkos and beer and just stuff. And in general, everything, everything. And if there's something you guys want to talk about, we don't have a category for it. Let us know. We'll put it in there. Also, if you guys <laughs> want to hang out with us live and in person, sort of, uh, Chris and myself, we do stream video games poorly on Twitch every Friday and Saturday night. Very Friday night, poorly. we do Tweaky. 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 That's, a, that's at the end of, of the month when we're low on money <laughs> for uh, our mortgages. Y'all got any more than video games? <laughs> it's Tweaky Friday. Oh, Freaky Friday, where we do indie uh, games that are kind of random and cool and hopefully cool. And then uh, Spooky Saturday, where we do indie horror games. And you can find Chris over there at uh, on the Twitch as GyverUnit01. It's G-U-Y-V-E-R-U-N-T-0-1. Me, myself, uh, K-Sig, K underscore S-I-G. Come follow, hang out. Poke fun at us. Uh, watch Guyver get scared and sit on his nuts. It's great. All the time. All the time. So come hang out. It's good times. It's good times. We're a lot more energetic than we are right now because I think we're both tired as shit. Tired as shit. I'm getting over being sick. Mm-hmm. I'm just tired all the time. Uh-huh. He's tired all the time. But you know what? I'm excited about this one because good news, everybody. Scruffy hears you. <laughs> That is good news. <laughs> Turned a regular podcast into a nerdy podcast. <laughs> mm-hmm. Scruffy <laughs> believes. So what, what were we talking about again? In case people don't Futurama! get it. Futurama! 
such a great show. So I this is not an exaggeration. This is probably one of my all-time favorite shows. It is mine too. Um I, I can't I remember. It's a top five for me. It came out um when I was in high school. We'll talk about all that, but I remember it got me through college. Like the two shows I think that got me through college were Futurama and Dirty Jobs with Mike Rowe. Like I watched them all all the time. That's pretty much all I watch. Which is why he was on the eight year plan and he's not a doctor. I made it in five and a half. <laughs> but yeah, this was just such such a good show. A good show. And um, you know, obviously we both love it. We do. Um, we are simpsons generations kids we grew up with the simpsons um even though we were you know a little younger when the simpsons came out maybe not something our folks would have let us watch voluntarily maybe a little bit maybe um or we just didn't have good enough you know tv reception off my little antenna to pick up fox half the time and i couldn't even watch the simpsons but futurama hit us in our early adult years late teens early adult years Hit us in our adult years, like right up when we weren't expecting it. Mm -hmm. Right when we weren't expecting, like, oh God, what is that? Ooh, I don't like that. <laughs> slower, <laughs> slower, slower. It was such a smart show. It was, and it wasn't an in-your-face smart show. Okay, and this is, this is gonna. It's yeah. I mean, it's a shitty. You'll get it. It was ahead of its time. It was, and that's. And, you know, I know it's about the future, but I'm saying. Oh, it was okay, yeah, yeah. I got you. I like, yeah, no, it, it, <laughs> it, it was ahead of its time. It Just was the writing, the animation style, the stories. Mm -hmm. I think it was. Uh, it took the the fun style of The Simpsons, and not to say Simpsons wasn't a smart show because Simpsons is a very smart show. I think it was a more intellectual style with i mean because it's from the creators of the simpsons and matt rowan and david x cohen cohen mm -hmm. and uh but it wasn't in your face smart it wasn't like we're smarter than you but it was like little subtle things and like you could pick up on it every now and then but it wasn't like you had to get the science and you had to get the math and you had to get all the references to be able to get the show because half of them i didn't get and half of them I didn't even know existed until later and go back and watch like, oh, that's what that was. You know, it, it was just, it's hard to put into like even one episode of our show why this show was so good. We're going to try. Uh, this could end up being multiple episodes. Cause I'm okay with that. It was it just, it's just a great show. Mm -hmm. Um. I mean, and that's why I loved it. It it, it came out at a, at the prime time in my life, and you know, your life too. You know, you were a little later in life, where these are you know in your late teens and your early twenties. Those are the shows that you wrong. kind of latch on to, you know. And this was, uh, I mean, Simpsons were early adult animation. This this came out at the the onset of when adult animation started becoming more and more mainstream. This is when we had our Simpsons or we had Futurama. This is the time of South Park. Family Guy wasn't far behind, if out at the same time. I think Family Guy was pretty close to the same release time, maybe a couple years later. Mm -hmm. um, Sounds about and, right. And so this is the forefront of mainstream adult-oriented 
animation, not adult animation. That's a totally different category that we're probably not going to talk about. But that's a different category. Animation that animated series that weren't geared towards just children or that weren't anime because anime hadn't hit its stride at this point, I don't think, like it has now. And so this was like, it was kind of like a guilty pleasure. You're like, I'm not a kid anymore, but I still like cartoons. I'm going to watch mm-hmm. Futurama or I'm going to watch The Simpsons or I'm going to watch Family Guy or South Park or whatever. And so I think it, it hit at a really good time. Uh, in our lives or we were at the appropriate age at a really good time to really enjoy and enjoy and appreciate this show. Yeah. I went <laughs> on a thing there. That. I have literally nothing to add to that because that was a great explanation of it. I rambled. Well, no, it's not rambling when it's the truth. I speak the truth. He's, he is a truth seeker, mm-hmm. but no, it's, I literally have nothing to, I can't. Okay. Yeah. Go on. <laughs> That was a yeah. perfect explanation. I mean, so it, it, it aired. The first episode was in March of 1999. Can you believe on, that, though? On Fox. Yeah, I was... It was from the 90s. Dude, I wasn't even... Sick. I was like 15 when it first came out. Holy crap. Yeah. Let's I didn't see. realize I was that young when it first came out. Spring of 99, I was... Oh, shit. You were on your third internship. It was my third in college. Yeah. I was 19. Yep. And so, yeah, it hit us at a really good time. Uh, ran on Fox for four seasons. So, you know, it was done by 2003. Um, probably one of the first bingeable shows I remember watching. Um, and I think this, this will shows of this era this time frame this is i think when binging started because i mean you could always get box sets and things this was the time of the dvr mm-hmm. this is when you could get a dvr this is when you could record all of your shows and you could watch them whenever and you could skip the commercials and whatever channel was running whatever show you liked if it was good enough more than likely there was a marathon of the show at some point in time and so you could record, if you caught it right, you set your DVR up right, you could record every episode. You can go in and you can sort it by, you know, record date, or you could record it or sort it by release date. And then you had your own little binge list. This is pre-Netflix days, youngins. This is how we used to binge shit. Yeah, there was no Netflix and chill at that point. It was, no. <laughs> figure out how to get your shit. Dish network and jerk, because we were lonely in college. Dish network and jerk. It's a new thing or an old thing. Uh, I haven't heard that one. That was good. Yep. Yep. Just kind of pulled that one out. <coughs> okay, go on. So, <laughs> so it, it ran for four seasons um, and then was canceled by Fox. <clears throat> and as 2006, and I, I remember let's this. Stop there for a sec. Yeah. You got to remember too when you said canceled by Fox. Mm hmm. This is what this is the time period they're notorious for canceling stuff to right in the middle yes. of things. Fox was terrible about it, like awful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But, it was it was just like a I don't know a self destructive <clears throat> relationship. Fox had like, oh, this is going too good. I'm scared. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm, I'm I mean, not. I'm not ready. To, I'm not ready for commitment yet. 
you and you treat me well and i feel comfortable around you and mm-hmm. I, I we still can communicate car- yeah cartoon around a little bit yeah i'm i'm, I'm good i'm going to another show mm-hmm. yeah but i think we should see uh other uh animators <laughs> that's what she said Woo! <laughs> so okay continue from there sorry Kyle. so the but show yeah, got to point that out a uh basically a straight to home video revival in 2006 um in the form of a dvd release of four <laughs> movies uh you had bender's big score the beast with a billion backs bender's game and into the wild green yonder and these, those all four, uh, I think there's like four. Well, it, they were they, in, in, they were in like two to three parts. Yeah. And so they were essentially the lost season that got released as these individual movies, movies that all tied together. Mm-hmm. And so it got picked up by Comedy Central um, shortly thereafter, like in 2000 and was it 12? I think I put my uh, my numbers flip flopped on the notes here. Um, the Comedy Central picked up those um, those releases, the DVD releases, and those became the next season. And they were broken up into episodes, and then got released. Uh, and then Comedy Central, you know, they had some new episodes not long after that, and they ran until like 2013, I think is what it was. And why we're really wanting to hit on Futurama now. I mean, it's been on our list for a long time, and I'm mm-hmm. really glad we held off on it. Because just recently, within the last week, this it's, week? Been, it's been announced that Hulu has picked up a 20-episode season eight to be released in 2023. The initial announcement. So excited about I this. was so I, I, I saw it on my phone, almost through my phone. I was so excited. And so, I mean, it's that's the running one of the running. Well, there's a lot of running jokes in Futurama. That's one of the things is like, yeah, hey, we're back. Oh, we're gone. Hey, we're back again. Oh, we're gone. Hey, we're back again. Like it, it was a, it was just a running cycle of cancel and reboot, or cancel and pick up. Because they and never did really reboot. They continued the story. They can, yeah. It it never actually stopped anywhere. And actually, when it stopped, it didn't actually stop. Mm-mm. We'll talk about that. Probably one of the best at the time now it's coming back so i don't know if you can call it that season or a series finales i would say of almost any tv show animated or not it gave me closure mm-hmm. it gave you closure but a reason to keep watching yep and so we'll get into that um we got some of the major characters that we'll kind of hit on a little bit um and just kind of run through and what we like and who we got Arguably number one on the list because the show is technically about him in a way. Without him, we wouldn't have the show. Philip J. Fry. Philip J. Fry, voiced by the amazing Mr. Billy West. God, I love Billy West. That's a name that's going to come up a lot when we talk about this. Um, Philip Fry was a pizza delivery boy in 1999 when the show was released. And him haphazardly falling into a cryogenic chamber. Cryogenic chamber. That's pretty close to what I said. I I, I tried. 
Why are you always correcting me? That's what I said. Booty traps. Booty traps. <laughs> Where's my little data at? I got him here somewhere. <laughs> right, carry on with that. I got to find data now. That's the wrong button. Dumb drug. <laughs> That's the wrong one. That was the wrong. Damn it. I don't remember which one I put it on now. Chris is losing his soundboard privileges now. Shit. <laughs> but... Yeah, the the show revolved around him freezing and waking up. Um, in uh, was it a thousand or two thousand? It was uh, a thousand, thousand years, years later. Um, in the future. In the future. Welcome to the. <laughs> and it started off so smart. Even that, like it, it knew what it was from the beginning. Mm -hmm. When he woke up and he came out and the scientist, you know, did the thing. Like, why do you always got to do the voice? You know, it's like <laughs> that was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. <laughs> They broke the fourth wall a lot. Yeah. Like with stuff like that, in my opinion. There was there was that. They were very, it was very aware of itself, um, very aware of its audience and what it was like. And um, very South Park in a way, uh, referencing pop, cult, pop culture mm -hmm. and um, current events and then past events that would be relevant to the audience that was watching at the time, the people that would be familiar with things, you know, the 20 to 30 year olds mm -hmm. that were watching it. I mean, I think of, um, what was his name? Was it Slurms? Right there on the billboard behind you. Um, he was the mascot for Slurms. Slurms McGee. Slurm Slurm <sighs> Slurms. Damn it. If you wouldn't have said anything, I could have told you. Hold on. I thought it was Slurms McGee. Slurms McKenzie, I thought. Slurms McKenzie. I think it was Slurms McKenzie. Yep. Slurms McKenzie. Slurms McKenzie, so he was like, I think of him as like a cross between like Rodney Dangerfield and then like, do you remember the, the Bud Light Spud. dog? Spud McKenzie. Spud McKenzie, the Bud Light dog. Yeah, so it was like if Spud McKenzie became a person who then became a space slug who then wanted to be a mascot for a intergalactic energy drink, that's what you got. I thought he was more of a poochie of the future. Poochie of the future. But that, and as, as rambling as that sounded, if you watch the show, show that makes sense. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, that's how the line thought. Because the writers weren't your typical Hollywood writers. They wrote for The Simpsons, too. Some of them wrote for The Simpsons, but they also had some high-level um, doctorate degree type minds helping write the show scientists astrophysicists mathematicians like there were so many just little subtle jokes to things um data scientists and like there was so much with it that and we'll as we go through we'll go through i kind of i'm going off on a thing again <laughs> can you tell how much kyle loves futurama mm -hmm. i do uh, too but it i don't know it's we could We'll probably end up doing a couple episodes out of this from different different points of views, different things that they've done. But yeah, I mean that's just kind of our love for this show. Yeah. So if we if we ramble on more than normal, that's why. Yeah. Um, you know, we had uh, Taranga Leela, who was just mainly known as Leela throughout the show. Mm hmm. Voiced by the amazing Katie Seagal, which was a, also a really good move, I think, for the show. Because 
you know, people of our age, your TV dads, you're either raised by uh, Bob Saget, mm-hmm. or if you were sneaky enough and you could stay Al up Bundy. Late, Al Bundy. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. We were raised by Bob Saget and Al Bundy. And so when we get Peggy voicing a character in this, and she did a really good job. And Homer. Oh, yeah. I forgot we had Homer. Yep. Homer, so too. Homer, Homer was a big Al, part of our. And Bob. Yep. And so I, uh, I think that was a really cool move, bringing her. And she, she did a great job. Like, I can't, when I look at all these characters, when we're talking about Fry, Leela, Bender, the Professor, Hermes, all these people, I don't know if it's because it's so ingrained in who, in our brains of who did that voice and what that voice sounds like that we think, okay, that's the perfect voice for that. Or if it was, Mm -hmm. you know, because I can't imagine any of these characters being voiced by anyone else with the exception of one. And that would be Zap Brannigan. That's where you're going with it. Okay, because I'm like, no, I don't change any of these characters. Mm. All right, why Zap Brannigan? Who is Zap Zap Brannigan? So Zap Brannigan, famous intergalactic, what was his rank? Was he a general? He ended up becoming an admiral, I thought. I think admiral uh, for Duke, the uh, Democratic Order of Planets. Um, ladies' man extraordinaire, if you asked him. Very suave. Loved his velour and crushed velvet. And his velour. He was just that that over-the-top corny kind of ladies' man. Um, he was a space captain. He had his... his he was uh, captain, then he became general. Then he became general. Yeah. Um, what was the name of his ship? It was the was it the Nimbus? The Nimbus. He was the captain of the Nimbus, and he was the captain of or, or the uh, Titanic. Oh yeah, I forgot about the Space Titanic. Or the Planet Express. He did planet pan, blah, 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 captain that a little bit, and but so you know the people that know the show is that Brannigan, also voiced by Bill, Billy West. Billy West did a lot of voices. He did a ton. Zap is one of my favorite characters. Zap, Zap is amazing. Like I, you say Zap Brannigan, and I think of the scene where he's he's climbing up a ladder out of a hatch, and, and Kiff is underneath him. And because uh, Zap wore that, you know, short, he wore a coat. Is really just what it looked like. It was like a super short uniform, but it was really just a coat with a belt around it, basically. And like Kiff just looks up, and is at that moment you know that Zap wore nothing under that coat, but. <laughs> So Zap was originally supposed to be voiced by Phil Hartman. And when you know that and you hear the way Zap talks and the way like Phil would have been amazing for, because Phil did a lot of work on the Simpsons too. And so Phil Hartman would have been great on this, but the show came out in 99. Unfortunately, we lost Phil Hartman in 98, um, passed away, murdered by his wife in his sleep terrible thing um but hearing zap talk you can tell like that was a role for phil hartman and billy west did a really amazing job of throwing a little phil into that into that character i think 
you, before you told me that, I didn't know that before, while we were talking before this. I didn't see it, but now, like, once you hear that, you can completely see that. Like, how, how much of his performance that he kind of dedicated to Phil. Yeah, the whole I character. from dude. a very sexy learning disability. It's, it's just Phil Hartman. It's Billy West doing Phil Hartman doing Zab Brannigan. It's exactly what it is. It's really good. And there, there's so many characters that we can talk about on here. Um, you know, you have your, your main characters, which you had Fry, you had Leela, you had the professor, who was also voiced by Billy West. Who was the professor? We, you, you can't explain the show without explaining the professor so, also. Professor Farnsworth. Uh, so the, 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 the big overview rough quote-unquote plot of the show was he was a Fry's delivery boy becomes frozen, becomes unfrozen in the future. He goes to get his job chip put in to, to you know, designate what job he wanted to be. They scan it. He's like, oh, you're a delivery boy. He's like, son of a bitch. And so he gets a job at Planet Express, which is a delivery company ran by Hubert J. Farnsworth, who is actually the great, 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 however many greats, nephew. Was he his nephew or his grandson? He was his nephew, I think. Nephew. Uh, Fry. Um, and so then that's when you you meet the crew. They go on these adventures. Um, and that's really underplaying what the show is. It's not that simple. But you have, you know, you had the professor, this aging geriatric. He was like 120-something years old or 130. Like, he was nearing death's door. He actually meets death at one point. Um, you had Amy Wong, who was like the intern, I think she was. She started out as an intern, yeah. As an intern. Um, kind of your preppy, almost mean girls type, younger female character. Um, not familiar with the ways of the world, you know, but came from a lot of money and was extremely spoiled and just didn't understand how the real world work for working people. So there's a lot of jokes that played off of that. You had Dr. John Zoidberg, also voiced by Billy West. He was a... I love Zoidberg. Space crustacean thing. I can't remember his species. Doctor. Uh, he was a doctor, but he was a... Not a... He was a terrible doctor. Like, wouldn't he be more like... So if he was a doctor... But he practiced on humans, but he was a, an alien to Earth. Wouldn't he be more like a veterinarian? Yeah. Than an actual doctor? Or a psychopath. Yeah. Zoidberg's great. Um, and then we have Bender. Bender Bending Rodriguez. Bender Bending Rodriguez. Who will politely tell you to bite his shiny metal ass. Woo! Bender was a bending unit. Bender was a robot. Bender was voiced by John DiMaggio. The amazing John DiMaggio. This is... We love John. We John love John DiMaggio. DiMaggio. This is like my our first... And this this was probably one of his... Well, I, would you say this was his biggest role? Because he's done some big Be stuff. Before that? Then. Yeah, no, I would say... Up to this, this point. is what got him a little bit more mainstream... Mm -hmm. um, for you younger folk, if you're familiar with Adventure Time, 
Jake is also John DiMaggio, and you hear a lot of Bender mm-hmm. in Jake, a lot of Bender. Oh, a lot. Um, but you you know his voice when you hear it, and then you don't know his voice when you hear it a lot of times too. But his, I guess you could say his um, uh, most known style of voice you hear it in like Bender. And you hear it in Jake from Adventure Time. You hear it in um, what was it? Was it? It was in Chowder. Um, you know, oh, like Robble, Schnitzel. Robble. Schnitzel. Who Robble, didn't say Robble. Didn't say a word other than Robber, Robber, Robber. But you could hear Bender, or you could hear that that signature style of voice in that. So a he's very odd in Disenchantment. Mm-hmm. He's been in so many things. Like it's in just little bit pieces here and there. Oh, and then we have Hermes Conrad, the uh, the bureaucratic accountant, whatever, uh, voiced by the awesome Phil Lamar. Phil Lamar, yep. Who, you know, up to that point, I knew him from Mad TV, mm-hmm. and he's done just a great voice actor. Done lots of stuff. John Stewart in the Justice League cartoons, mm-hmm. um, and some of the Justice League animated movies too. Um, I guarantee you, even if you don't think you've ever seen him, you've heard his voice somewhere. Oh, yeah. He's done a lot of commercial voiceovers, too. So. He's done a lot of work. So when we we look at this and we look at how awesome the show is, and it, it was, a, I'm going to assume probably, you know, a pretty tight-knit cast. You know, we, you had they, some, were, they got along. Yeah, they did. And you had, you know, some voice voices that were reoccurring roles that, Pulled from The Simpsons, you had the robot devil that was voiced by uh, Dan Castellaneta from The Simpsons. Um, you know, you had Billy West that done so many. I'm just going through these recurring roles, roles robot devils. That, uh, so we had Zep Brannigan, Leo Wong, which was Amy's dad, was also voiced by Billy West. Smitty, one of the cops, uh, was voiced by Billy West. Richard Nixon's head was voiced by Billy West. Um he did so many other little smaller parts even throughout the show that, you know, you have this, this cast of amazing voice talent that like, yeah, we, we got them here. Let's uh, we need a voice. And they guess all these people to pick from, you know, there was a God entity uh, when Bender became basically like his own, was it the episode where Bender became his own universe or his own, basically his own planet and he had like life growing on his ass yeah he was he was his own um his own planet and then that uh where they demolished each other Mm -hmm. and so you know the god entity was voiced by billy west you had uh you know john dimaggio did a ton of little little bit parts Mm um maurice lamarche did a ton you know and yes maurice lamarche did a lot of the side stuff um oh calcion cal calculon um let me look here i got the, this whole list of stuff pulled up so i'm looking let me see if i'm fine calculon is that the one you sent me uh hedonism bot was maurice um where you at calculon lur was maurice lur was maurice calculon was maurice don bot was maurice morbo um clamps freaking loved clamps oh he was clamps he was clamps he was hedonism bot um fishy joe gilman 
uh raul which was the mutant with the foot growing out of the side of his head oh yeah um come around let us tell you the story of el chupacabra just so many in and there was a bit that ran through that show where people in the show's past which have been our present celebrities and stuff had their heads preserved in you know jars and you go to a head museum and you can see celebrities of the past and that's how they got a lot of their celebrity cameos on leonard nimoy did the voice of his own head dick clark did the voice of his own head um you got a lot of really cool celebrity one-offs that popped in because of that and then you still had like even celebrities just popping in there was a couple of christmas specials where uh santa claus you had the was it santa bot robot 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 blah, robot robot santa claus robot santa claus and that was john goodman um you had kwanzaa Which, bot. i had no clue that was john goodman mm, i didn't know until i i may have known it at one time uh coolio did a voice on the show as kwanzaa bot kwanzaa, that's right he was kwanzaa bot. um fry's dog in one of the saddest episodes of television ever oh i'm bringing it up now hold on wait hold on get ready it actually it that was it actually is a super super sad if you know super sad episode if you guys even remotely know the show and if you've seen the episode where fry finds his dog or a, he um yeah he finds like the fossilized version of his dog from the before times yep. and you get this whole backstory of his dog following him and then him going missing and seymour was the name of the dog the voice of Seymour, because Seymour had to have a voice, was Seth MacFarlane. Was it really? Mm-hmm. Um, Lucy Liu was on the show a couple of times. You had Tom <laughs> Kenny doing side voices. Lucy Liu bot. Lucy Liu bot. Uh, Nancy Cartwright was on briefly because there was an episode where they found a Bart Simpson doll. So you had oh, Nancy that's on right. Mm-hmm. You forgot uh, one of my favorite voice actors, Frank Welker. What did Frank do? Nibbler. Oh, yeah. Do you know what else, who Frank Welker is? What else he does? Fill me in. Fred Jones from Scooby-Doo. Oh. So, um, and then he did, well, recently he's doing the Scooby-Doo voice also. But you'd also know Frank Welker if you look back into the Transformers days, too. Been around for a long time. He is one of the more prolific voice actors. Um, who else do we have that did a lot? Frank did a lot. Uh, what was her name? Uh, Tress McNeil. Tress McNeil. Very famous Tress McNeil. Done a ton of female voices and small children. And also small children robots. Mm-hmm. And if you heard Tress, you would know her right away. Mm-hmm. She was crazy cat lady, wasn't she? Oh, she was so many, so and many voices. What was the hooker's name? The Petunia? one that was smoking. Was that Petunia? Yeah, she was Petunia. That's right. Um, so just like a plethora of amazing voice acting in this show. And it's a topic that we're not going to hit on very much at all, I think, in this episode, because we want to go deeper into this, I believe. Um, right now the show has been announced for a new season. We talked about that earlier. Mm-hmm. They said the entire original cast that's a, that could is coming back. We were all excited. 
And then the news broke that John DiMaggio, as at this time, has neither been confirmed or denied as coming back at, as Bender, or when that was released. He's holding out. He said he does not feel that him or the rest of the voice cast is being compensated fairly. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't just talking about just this in general either he's talking about the entire industry yes so yeah i mean it it boils down to a money thing it's a money thing and you know it's not released you know what they make or how much they make but i guarantee you katie seagal wasn't cheap Mm-mm. or probably shouldn't have been cheap but she she's coming back billy west is coming back you know and and maybe they're coming back just basically for the love of the show i feel like john's making the stand of like you guys are going to make millions and millions and millions off of this and have made millions off of this to me it almost feels like it was something long a long time coming like maybe they weren't compensated fairly back in the day or or they got a shitty contract no they weren't if you've ever watched any of those um videos on like you know voice actors and their yep. unions and stuff they always say it's they lowball them as low as possible mm-hmm. if you're a regular voice actor but if you're like a you know like a regular actor coming to do it for like a movie they were compensated way more oh yeah the pay gap was ridiculous and so yeah because the the quote unquote celebrity voices you know, and to us and to a lot of people, these people that are, you know, John DiMaggio, Billy West, Katie Seagal, even though she also is, a, you know, a live action actor, actress, um, they are celebrities. Mm-hmm. And, you know, 20, 30 years ago, maybe not as much in the eyes of how it's typically seen. But now, yeah, definitely Huge. 100%. Katie Seagal is, I think she's cemented herself into American pop culture mm-hmm. to where she's probably one of the most well-known people. Yeah. Crossing both sides of the, mm-hmm. and you got, you got, you have some celebrity or some live action actors and actresses that are dipping, have dipped their toe into voice acting. And now that's become a regular thing or that has become their main thing. Mark Hamill's a great example. Um, yeah, you know, he, another icon of our generation on the live action screen that has just rolled over to voice acting and done amazingly well with it. So versatile. He's, he's, we've talked about this before. He is the voice of the Joker for us. Mm -hmm. The iconic voice. So there's, there's so many characters and things that we could go go through on this that would take forever um and a day and a day because they did a really good job of fleshing out all their characters um very rarely would you just have a filler like if you saw a character on the regular you know even if they were a a b or c or a d character but they're there often enough they would give you some backstory on that character Mm -hmm. you got backstory on kith even though he was you know, even further on down the line. He was kind of a write-off character at the beginning. 
yeah you got and you got backstory on you know hedonism bot and robot santa claus and mom and her sons and and so all these these characters barbados slim you got backstories on him 80s guy 80s the guy uh oh the um uh that had the bonitis yes yeah because that's how we did it you're either a shark or you're a what do you say shark or a sheep shark shark can't turn their necks shark can't (laughs) like i love that episode so they snuck a lot of pop references in. They're really smart about the ma- the intro sequences um, to the show. You would see a lot of um, like cryptic looking things. The, the the intro for every episode was always a little different. You always got a really throwback cartoon, mm-hmm. um, and then there was always something that could be deciphered. Usually, working something at the beginning and the end of the episode. Like the opening scene and the or the opening credits and the closing, there was little messages and things or factoids and stuff, and I didn't know that for the longest time. And so you go back and you watch those. There's some there's some pretty cool little hidden messages there. Tons of fun Easter eggs mm-hmm. throughout the entire series. Um, but let's I kind of want to round back on the John DiMaggio thing and and hit on this specifically for this show the reboot and get your thoughts on it and then when we do the longer episode about voice acting and everything all together uh well we can go into it a little bit more but or when we do more futurama stuff either way if 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 and hopefully this does not happen but if he does not come back as bender if they aren't able to work out a deal with dimaggio can it be Futurama one without Bender or can it be Futurama if we have a recast Bender? No. I'm with you. Like, there's no other explanation. I'm not going to go in depth into it because no, you can't. He's When you think of Futurama, the first character you think of is Bender. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't care who it is. Like, I've talked to a couple people, you know, uh, just in conversation. And then somehow if Futurama comes up, you know, like, who's your favorite character? And it's always, oh, Bender. What do you know about the show? I know something called Bender. remember talking to a couple people about that. Uh, I was kind of just, as I was going through and getting all this stuff on the voice actors, there's a few polls that I saw pop up. And like, who's your favorite character? Overwhelming majority of the votes not just like oh you know it's 20 percent and 18 percent and on down the line over 51 percent of the votes was for bender Damn. number two was zoidberg and then you had fry who the show was supposed to be about mm-hmm. I, I mean i don't think you can have it without i don't think there's any of the main cast that you could cut out of the show and still have the show you have mm-hmm. to have fry you have to have leela you have to have the professor. You have to have Zoidberg. You have to have Wong. You have to have Bender, and you have to have Hermes, or you mm-hmm. don't have the show. Yep. I don't think he could even find a way to kill off "quote unquote" Bender and still make it work. No, unless they they're gonna make it like write it into the show because you know it it was just announced, so it's still in the writing 
planning phase unless they make it to like where vendor vendor bender loses his voice box so he can't talk and he has to write stuff down now you know what i mean i think that would be even worse i think that would be i think they would lose everyone if that happened i mean they better come to a deal i'm obviously a huge futurama fan um and i will have if there is no bender i'm gonna have a very hard time watching the show I'm kind of the. No, I, I completely agree with you on that. I'm trying to think of the other part to phrase this. It's like, if I know that they're canceling a series, yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to finish it because there's no hope for a season two. Or, you know, if they cancel it like after two episodes and, like they did Swamp Thing, mm-hmm. they did that. I never finished it because I'm like, what's the point? You're not going to get any closure on it. It's just no, hang out there. And I think that's how I'd feel if any one of the main voice casts didn't come back. Mm-hmm. Cause the show had a great ending a couple of times, <laughs> a couple of times, but I think the, what we would consider the series finale was one of the best endings in television. Like mm-hmm. it, it wrapped everything up. So, um, maybe spoiler alert for anybody that hasn't watched all the way through. I mean, you've had, almost 10 years now, but um, the way it ended, they wrapped it all up. Fry and Leela finally got together towards the end and realized that they they had their feelings for each other, and they admitted them. Like, that was the on long-going thing. Like, when's Fry and Leela going to get together? Mm-hmm. Towards the end, they finally did. The professor had invented a time button that froze time, more or less, um, they were playing around with it and we'll do the short version. Fry breaks the button. They get stuck in a frozen instance of time where they continue to age. Nothing else happens around them. So they grow old together in this time frozen world. And there's like this sparkly light thing that's following them around as they keep getting older and older. And they finally find out um, as they, they go back, I think they, it started, they were, on a date and they were going to drink some champagne and they finally make their loop all the way back around like 80 years later mm-hmm. to drink the champagne because time's frozen stuff doesn't age champagne's still good and out of this like the light thing goes buzzing around again and it's the professor he pops out of this like light tunnel that he said he's been he was kicked to an alternate dimension um it makes sense in the show because a lot of that stuff actually works and makes sense that he's been going through this time tunnel try to find out what happened unlock time and so he sees an old Fry and an old Leela, and Fry tells me, yeah, I broke the button. He shows it to him. The professor fixes it, and he says, okay, we can basically, you know, we can unfreeze time. I hit the button, but you're, it's going to throw us back, throw us all back to the beginning, and we won't remember anything. You won't remember anything. You're just going to, you'll end up living it all over again. And so Fry looks at Leela, and he's like, do you want to go another round? meaning you want to live this life all over again. And she said, absolutely. They kiss, they push the button, bright white light flashes. So that's, you know, the professor unfreezing time and sending everyone back to the beginning of their own existence. And when this aired, you had the, the light flash and you had minimal credits, no commercial break in between. And it immediately rolled to these. They played the pilot episode immediately following that. Which was awesome. Which was freaking cool. So 
it's like it's the never ending show because if they're stuck in that loop of life in their time, they're going to relive that over and over and over again. So it's the ultimate unending bingeable show. Did you talk about the list? I didn't. So there was a scene in that final episode as they're growing older that, um, let me find it. I had it paused. Uh, I had no idea on this till Kyle brought this up. So let me see if I can find the list again so I can read it off. Um, as they were, as they grew older and they're traveling around, um, they have this list. Son of a bitch. Where is it? I just had it of, uh, and it, it pops up really fast. Um, let me get to YouTube and I can pause it there and see it. That, uh, it looks like. Um, a list of places that they would want to visit because they're on the Eiffel Tower uh, when it happens. And I think, is this it? No, that's loud. And so, but the, when you pause it and you look at it, there's places like um, a random dark alley, the professor's desk, um, somewhere in the vicinity of Scranton, like stuff like that. And then you realize like, that's not a place to visit list. That's a bang list. <laughs> like that's all the places they want to travel all over the world and do it and mark it off the list. I never put that together. It looks so wholesome at first. And you're like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. And then you just find out they're dirty old people. They're just they're just banging. And they're old bumping, at this point. Bumping slurmies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm getting a slurm on. So what what um so you're kind of in the same boat. Like, if they, is that what you think? Like, if they can't get Bender, or they mm -hmm. can get John to do it, because they're not just losing Bender. That's the thing. They're losing a slew of other voices. In that's there. what, and that's what a lot of people are focusing on. Like, oh well, we can just, we can just get another Bender because a lot of people can do the voice of Bender, and a lot of people could do the voice of Bender and sound exactly like Bender, and you wouldn't know any. You would likely not know any different. Here's the thing. He did Bender. He did Flexo, which was Evil Bender. He did Elzar, which was the the alien cook that was a take on um, Emerald. Emerald. Emerald Lagasse. Um, he was Joey Mousepad, part of the Robot Mafia. He's Mr. Panucci. If they do any flashback episodes, he's Yancey Fry Senior. If they do any other flashback episodes, Igner, one of the moms, which was you know one of the main villains, quote unquote. She kind of bounced back and forth. One of her kids. Um, who was a he was a big part of that. Um, uh, he was Earl, the cop bot. Earl spelled URL Earl. Oh yeah, baby. Oh yeah. He was Sal, the truck driver. Well, not the truck driver, he's like a space truck driver that you saw everywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, he was Barbados Slim. If you want to play with any of that line, you gotta have, you know, surely you could probably have some, but there's all these shoes that he filled. And when we were saying John, and not just him, because everybody did tons of voices. Billy West right. done tons of voices. Maurice did tons of voices. Phil Lamar did tons of voices. Tress, like they all did all these voices that, um, I didn't know Phil, there was Ben Rodriguez, which was Bender's son. I didn't know Phil Lamar did the voice of that. Of, oh, I didn't know that one. Um, and so there were just, 
the crossover episode where they ran into Finn and Jake in the basement or in the dungeon. Yes. Yeah. Was that the the Dungeons and Dragons type run of episodes where they had to find the magic D twenty or the uh it wasn't a magic D twenty, but it uh uh-uh. it was a what was it? I don't remember what it was. Um, but yeah, Amelia Clark did a voice on there too. What? It, who was she? Uh, it was like a little one-off. Uh, she was Marianne, which is oh, who was Marianne? I can see her, but I I see the picture here. David Herman did a lot of voices too. One episode, Stench and Stenchability. Oh, when um, she had a flower stand and she sh- she's the one that kind of like fell for Zoidberg because she was the only one that couldn't smell it, him. She couldn't smell. Yes. Yes, that one. Oh, that was her? That was her. Huh. Yep, did not know that. So I was reading the trivia. Like she has possibly been sterilized after the professor used the same x-ray device on her groin that previously sterilized Fry. And it's like subnote. This wouldn't really matter with Zoidberg because his sexual reproduction process of his species would kill him. Which is true, which we true. saw in that episode. Yep. They literally made it for life. It was just they died. Right after. Right after. Terrible way to go. So, another line of should the reboot happen? Not in the if John comes back or not. If they don't get DiMaggio back, we'll we'll just assume that they get him back for the sake of this question. Assuming the entire cast comes back. Okay. Thinking about how well the series ended before. Mm Mm-hmm. Because it brought brought closure to it. Like. Mm -hmm. That's why I still say that's one of the best endings in television because you had a good wrap up. Yep. And they set it up for a good reason to rewatch the show again. Right. And there was hints to it forever, like way back. You could see so many things mm-hmm. that I don't know if this was the plan the whole time or if it was just set up well enough to work out that way. Me argue the perfect ending, but now we're coming back. A lot of people are saying this shouldn't happen because we had a good ending. Mm -hmm. Don't fuck up the good ending. And don't make it so where there's going to be something else. So I guess you're asking if I think that it should be coming back at this point. Based on how well it ended. No, I don't. You don't think it should be coming back? I don't. Not at all. Like what I think they should do instead of saying that it's the reboot. Yeah. I think that they should just go off and do honestly more movies. Like, because then it's set during the time frame mm-hmm. and it won't rewrite or undo the perfect ending. Well, here's the thing, though. This could be that. They haven't said it's going to occur after. That's true, too. It could be like stories of Futurama. And that, that is one way they could bring it back without and, DiMaggio. And do it well is do a extended universe type thing where you're 
seeing more of like you have an episode of the adventures is that like episodes that you could have that you don't have to have bender mm-hmm. if you're going to focus on the main crew you have to have bender you have to yeah put, put my foot down listen to fuck up hulu give john whatever he wants and then give everybody else a race and we'll get our damn show now you're threatening the mouse i don't give a shit they know where i live <laughs> come find me walt come i'll be on the come. front porch you want to fight walt We'll fight, Walt. We'll fight. We'll go around. I ain't got no fucking dukes. I slap you, Goofy. So, <laughs> yuck, yuck, yuck. Mm-hmm. you yuck your last yuck, Walt. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. Oh God! But once in a while, you get them. I get one every now and then. But I think that's the only way that. You could do it without bringing with they don't get John DiMaggio back. So if you do, you know, you explore these stories, you have, you know, stuff over Lurr and you, uh, maybe you do, uh, an actual episode of uh, what was the name of the show that Calculon was on? Um, uh, All of My Circuits. All My Circuits. You do an episode that's a full All My Circuits. You, uh, I want to see the robot devil. I love the robot devil. Or oh 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 oh, the uh, see what happened, <laughs> like a day in the life of Santa's elves. Yeah, day in the life of Scruffy. Mm-hmm. Mm. Turn a regular board into a diving board. <laughs> Scruffy believes. <laughs> yeah. Scruffy <laughs> believes in this company. <laughs> that was really good thank you i couldn't hear it because i took my headphones off to do it it sounded really good um robot santa robot santa like (sighs) just how confused fry was like he was so excited about christmas i'm like no it's terrible (laughs) so like it could be it could be done If they do it right. If they do it right. Because I'm going to, okay, I'm going to take the stance that I traditionally take when something new is coming out is I'm going to withhold judgment until it comes out. I think we both should do that. But there better be a bender. There better be a bender. It better be voiced by John DiMaggio. I just don't think that, I don't know. I don't think that. Until they figured out what the show's going to be, like whether they're going to announce it as movies or offshoots in the universe. Well, I think 20 episodes. Uh, I think they should have held off on the announcement until they actually released more. Until they had because, everybody. Right. Well, and then surely they've got to know there's going to be a backlash, a fanboy backlash if they fuck it up. Yeah. I mean, they're, I don't know. And that's got that's got to play some factor at some point. And there's something else that we and we're just making you know assumptions off this. We don't know. We're we're immediately, you know, God, as cheesy as it sounds, Team John DiMaggio. Like, hey, yeah, give him what he wants. The other, we don't know what he's asking for, even though it's for him and everybody else. Hell, he could be asking for, you know, hey, the whole main crew needs to get 
20 million dollars an episode which i highly doubt that but he could be it could be outrageous demands for him and the crew that do not make financial sense for the company to do it i don't see that happening mm-hmm. but we don't know that we don't know what he's asking for and right. you know i mean i don't think it's any of our business what he's asking for he's he's well as long as I think as long as he's asking to be paid fairly and whatever fairly is, whatever that number is, lines up with what other actors and actresses are getting paid in very popular and successful Hulu shows, because mm-hmm. you probably have to stick it with Hulu or something similar, then I don't think it's too far out of line. I'm going to... Because they're going to make a killing off of merchandising. Oh, 100%. From suckers like me. Um, I'm going to withhold all judgment until we hear more, but no. I don't know. I still kind of don't think that they should, even though I'm really excited about it, I don't think that they should. Just because not to ruin what I felt was perfect closure for me. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm with, as long, if they're not going to continue that story, I liked your idea about going back before it ended Mm -hmm. and like exploring some things there i would watch the shit out of that yeah you know get stories from some of the other characters that we don't know much about you know but you know give me some more zoidberg you know give me some of that stuff but if it's gonna be focused on the main cast it's technically it'll all happen within the time loop anyway yeah regardless but i don't i don't and i don't see it even if it's great running more than two or three seasons i think they'll shoot for two is what i think it i don't know this is a tough one to even pretend to call because you don't want them to you don't want to get your hopes up so much you're going to ruin it for yourself later. Yeah. Because it's not your typical episodic animated comedy. Mm-mm. It's not like Family Guy where you where it's not an animated sitcom. You know, I consider Family Guy an animated sitcom. There's some story elements that carry mm-hmm. over here and there, but it's not deep on story. It's you can pick up an episode and watch it whenever. Yep. And early Futurama, you could do that as you get later in it and they developed the story and they started having a connected story in these arcs and things, even though on the face of it, it was a hysterical comedy. There were things going on Mm -hmm. that made the story work that made you invested in it. Besides it was funny as hell. Yep. And I don't know. Like, I don't see the continuation of the story, maybe exploring some more stuff and the universe would be where it's at. It's going to be hard till we hear more. I agree. That's feeling like a little bit of a downer. Tell me about some of your favorite. Let's talk about some of our favorite moments from the show. The stuff when we think about the show, even if it's just like little one-liners and things that. Stuff like that. Just some of the favorites. Stuff that when you, when you think of Futurama or stuff that you quote randomly, because I know you do a lot of quotes because you have it on your soundboard. <laughs> And, you know, because of this damn show, I cannot properly pronounce robot. Robot. 
the damn robot. I do it all the time. Like not even thinking about it now. So favorite parts, favorite things, anything Zoidberg does. Mm-hmm. Um, the one where he started the war by, uh, what was it? Freedom day. Yeah. And then he ate the, the flag, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. I love that episode. I like the episode. Um, what was it that the professor was doing? Uh, was it the, where they would see the alternate versions of themselves, alternate universes? The Oh, it was because um, he had the thing longer in the machine. Yep. Um, what was that called? Anthology of Interest or? Yeah, something like that. It's the Anthology of Interest, but they called it something. Um, was it? I think it may have just been. Yeah, it was just the anthology of interest. Was that the anthology of interest too? Yeah, you had me doubt myself. <laughs> well, then I like the episode where they were like the anime characters, mm-hmm. and then um, what's his name? The freaky German dude from uh, Mandalorian. He uh, did the voice over of it like when they were the uh, animal versions of themselves um i forgot his name but i know anything with roberto in it too well i know you love fat bender fat human bender yes (gasps) and that was one of the anthology of interest oh that was wasn't it yep those were they did what if on tv before marvel did what if on tv yeah they did actually if you think about it Mm -hmm. um the poplars episode was good the poplars was really good just get their (laughs) please don't eat me um i don't know we could name a million different parts the fry's dog of course i think that's one of my favorites Yes. The Titanic episode where we found out that um, Zap has a sexy disease. What was that disease called? Sexlexia. <laughs> Sexlexia. So, I mean, we could just talk about lots of different episodes. Um, I like the Fry, one. Fry in uh, the Slurm Factory was great, too. Fry in the Slurm Factory. There was one, that, I think it was Anthology of Interest one, too, because those were like mini episodes um, where it was like it was a video game invasion. Like they had to, uh, there was Wait, like, it's Donkey Kong. There was like, uh, Mario was like the Senator or the, uh, the delegate from Italy. And yes. they, <laughs> they had to, uh, fight off the space invaders. Like so it was Fry, centipede. So Fry like puts in a, like a rush mixtape and has like a bottle of, uh, surge or something. Sometimes also he's just like playing and he's like, I never could beat the last guy. Uh, when Fry found out he was his own grandpa. Okay, that was a uh, that was a two part episode, wasn't it? Um, I think so. That was the one where um, Bender lost his head in Area Fifty Four. Oh yeah, and they like as he went back in time. Yep. 
And so, yeah, Bender lost his head and they dug him up like, you know, 2,000 years later. He's like, ow! Like, I was sleeping so good without you meat bags. That one. And then uh, the sexy girl that, yeah, like you said, probably slept with. And then the next morning she woke up, like, just like his grandma. Mm -hmm. Because it was his grandma. It was his grandma. Um, Oh, where we meet um, Professor Farnsworth. Farnsworth's parents in the Matrix like thing, the Matrix mm-hmm. retirement home. And then Fry asked to call him, what was it? Shabadoo and oh uh can I call you Dad? No. It's Shabadoo, wasn't it? I think. What was it? But every time he said that, like I died. God, there was mine's like a lot of moments. You know, there's there's that moment. There's, you know, Scruffy when they had they were trying to go viral. It was the uh, iPhone episode. Oh yeah, and they were trying to make a viral video, and so they had the what was it called the puke you puke me or puke you the two headed goat that would like eat on at one end and puke in the other. Uh, and yes, and they were filling up the swimming pool. So Scruffy was up top with a two by four and a nail. And he's like nailing it onto the side of the building. He's like there. Turned a regular board into a diving board. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why, but that one line is like one of my favorite lines from the whole damn show because it's just, it's perfect. Um, All the musical acts that came on, you had Beck. Yes. You had Beastie Boys. Beastie Boys were on there a couple of times. Yeah. Um, Chili Peppers. Chili Peppers. Hanson was on there. Yep. Uh, So the music, musical acts are all, you know, jars. Um, I think that was that the Beck was the bending in the wind episode where Bender became a folk artist. Yep. He, and uh, because his something happened to his gears or whatever, and they put the little mini arms on his neck. Yes. So he could play the washboard on his own body. He did the uh, Bender's home for, or it was uh, for broken robots or something like that. It was like, it was uh, like a farm aid type oh, yeah. concert. Um, they found out he was actually better the whole time. Um, what's another just great one? Uh, the Bigfoot yeah. episode was one of my. That was a good one too. Yeah, one of my favorite ones. That's where you met uh, Ranger Park, the Park Ranger. That was a good one. Uh, oh, Death by Snoo Snoo. Death by Snoo Snoo. The Amazon women. There's so many quotes from that show that we just carry like. I use All daily the time. Um, the Wizard of Oz type episode, I think, was another anthology. The anthology interest ones were great. I love those. Those were some of my favorites. Um, uh, there was a oh. Star Trek episode. Yep. Yep. <clears throat> Any of the Nibbler episodes where he talks with Fry? Yes. Like, w- one of my favorite episodes in parts is i still quote to this day scooty puff jr sucks <laughs> um was the one where fry went back to college oh the one with um the monkey yes um Gun- gunter gunter and the hat goes on my head not my butt robot house <laughs> so good Let's that see. was a good one. Um, Bender hooked up with Amy one time. There was that. Yep. Yeah. You know, uh, oh, yeah. And that's when they're like, don't hate us because we're robosexuals. 
<laughs> when Bender, <laughs> this was, I remember this one distinctly because my dad would watch this with me sometimes, uh, usually by force because I took over the TV. He's like, fine, we'll watch it. Where Bender got addicted to electricity because he would he would like plug in places and he would just get that high yep, buzz, you yep. know, from from like overloading the high circuits. voltage yep and so he locked himself in the bathroom he was doing that and and like i think it was leela was banging on the doors like bender are you jacking on in there <laughs> yeah that's right <laughs> i forgot about that <laughs> yeah that's one of um, my dad's favorite moments so i bought him the box set for that season and uh, gave it to him. He gave it back to me not too long ago. He's like, I found this. Thought you might want it. So it's sitting <coughs> up, in the, up in the collection. Where Fry got the robot hands. Mm-hmm. Playing the uh, holophoner. The holophoner. Mm-hmm. The robot devil. Please give me my hands back. God, there these, was... he kept, these keep going places and touching things. <laughs> and where Fry goes, yeah, they'll do that. There's so many great things from all this. What are, like, you guys join the Discord and give us some favorite. Tell quotes. us some of your favorite quotes and moments. And some things weren't even quotes. Like there was just random stuff in the background. I think they went to uh, Kyoto, Japan one time, and like the sign said, uh, "Kyoto, the anagram lovers, Tokyo." Mm-hmm. Like the that's the little smart things that were thrown in the show that I just loved. I was like, "Wait a minute!" I'm like, "Oh, now I get it." You know. Oh, two more for before we go. Okay. The human horn episode. <laughs> Wasn't that the and Bigfoot then, episode? Yeah, it was. Yeah, that it's was the, the Bigfoot episode. Yeah. 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 Fry's lower horn. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's where yeah, that's where we got vendor going woo the whole time. And then um not one to toot I, my own lower horn. Yeah. Woo. And then <laughs> the episode where um Shit, I forgot what I, which episode it was now. Because now I'm thinking about the lower horn one. Uh, shit, it'll come to me after we end this. On the Alcazar, where um, Leela met the Ted Bundy type. Or not Ted Bundy, Al Bundy. Al Bundy, yes. That was great. <laughs> he turned to a little sitcom, and he's sitting on the couch, and he's like, his hand in his pants. He's like, Al... <laughs> Alcazar. Alcazar. Oh, oh, oh. Um, it was the one where Fry talked about, he goes, I had tough love once. And he was talking about, you know, whatever it was. Uh, it was mostly in high school. Even then it was tough love. There was the self-love or whatever. Yeah. And then that's when Leela mentions to him, you know, uh, this man helped broker the, what was it, the like the treaty between the U.S. and China, he doesn't want to hear about your ding-dong. <laughs> that mm. one, like, something about that part just stood out to me, because I giggle every time I hear it. And I completely butchered that, but that's what it is. God, I was going to sh- try to, like, sit up and stream a lot today, but now I want to watch Futurama all day. I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah, go do that. Yeah. Yeah, you guys get down to Discord. Let's just tell us some of your favorite moments because it's obviously one of our all-time favorite shows ever of anything. Mm-hmm. Tell us some of your favorite Futurama quotes. Throw them in the comments if you're watching on the YouTubes. Give us anything. Tell Talk us what to we us. got wrong, which I don't think we got much wrong. Like, we usually get a lot wrong, 
in episode. Not on this one. Well, we might have butchered some quotes, but I butchered some quotes, a couple of time frames here and there. But for the most part, I think this we nailed this on. one. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you, we'll, we'll credit Kyle with this because, as you can tell, he talked most of the episode on this. But that's because he's he knows, frankly, more than I do on this one. So I'm happily sitting back listening to him it. on this one. I, I kind of might like it a little bit. A little bit. It, it's a great show. It really is one of my favorites. But, I, you know, it's like one of those. I think Kyle beats me on this one a, a little bit there. A little bit, maybe. But we finally, Kyle is the victor. <laughs> finally, Kyle is the popular one. It's all coming up Kyle now, so. Now we cross two shows. <laughs> so yeah, you guys give us some comments. Like what else? Uh, we really want to go more in depth on the Futurama. And we will. If you guys want to be part of that, let us know. Let's know. I'd like to have some more guys, more guys and gals and peoples and stuffs on here. And we can talk about this one, especially with the whole John DiMaggio thing going on. As that develops, uh, that huge. could that could be interesting to cover because it covers not just this show. Yep. There's implications across lots of things for that that will be very interesting to see how it all plays out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So with that, this has been Every Man's Guide to Nerddom. I'm Chris. And I'm Kyle. And wherever you guys are, have a great evening, night, day, whatever time it is. And uh, please be good to each other. Nerd see ya. See ya. It could get elevated. Nerdcore could rise up It could get elevated Nerdcore used to be just a made-up word